Today, in our very first episode, you get to learn more about your co-hosts and what brought them to this magically creative life. We also have a conversation about what we mean by being a creative and what we mean when we say magic. Welcome to Starlight Tea, where we're serving the tea for living a magically creative life. I'm Christy Cook. And I'm Belinda Boring. Starlight Tea Podcast, a member of the Once Upon a Podcast Network, is brought to you by Of Starlight and Moonbeams a team of authors and creators who support, educate, and create community with other women creatives and solopreneurs, helping us all keep our cups filled so we never serve from an empty one. To receive notifications of new episodes, plus a free subscription to our monthly Moonbeams magazine, as well as other exclusive gifts and offerings, be sure to join our email list at starlightandmoonbeams.com. Hey, Belinda, what's in your cup this week? Well, literally in my cup right now that I'm taking sips is I'm trying this new Gatorade flavor to hydrate myself. It is blackberry and raspberry, and it's it's freaking good. It's very tasty. I have a thing for blackberry, and so don't be surprised if in a future episode you see that's a recurring theme. I love blackberry and the taste of it. In my life cup... What's going on is it's springtime. It's time to work in gardens. Yesterday, I worked five hours in my garden, and four of those hours was putting together a trampoline that, oh, there were some choice words being said about that trampoline, but it was worth it because my grandson absolutely loves it. It was really hard to bring him in at the end of the night. What about you, Christy? What's in your cup this week? Oh, yours yours sounds like so much more fun than mine. (laughs) In my literal cup, my physical cup, I have coffee because we are recording this the morning of the first day of daylight savings. And I was up pretty late. In fact, I saw the the clock switch over from 159 to suddenly three (laughs) o'clock. And and then I didn't even get to bed for another hour. So it was a really late night that I'm trying to adjust to. But yeah, I'm still drinking coffee as we're recording this. And in my life cup, I we're working on Moonbeams Magazine, which is pretty much taking up all my time right now is the writing and the editing and putting it all together. So that next issue, it'll be out before this is this podcast goes live, but um, it'll be our current one at the time. And it's for a star and spring equinox. And I'm also excited about spring and just doing some spring cleaning and freshening up and seeing what seeds I can plant both physically and metaphorically for the rest of the year. Okay, so this week we are serving the tea on what exactly we mean by magic and by being a creative. But first, let's introduce ourselves and how we live a magically creative life. Belinda, tell us a little about you and your art. 
Well, my name's Belinda Boring, and that is my married name. A lot of people, they they kind of pause when I say my full name, especially on the phone or when I'm having to to talk to someone. They pause and they look at me and I'm like, yep, like a boring person, it's okay. And so um, it's interesting. I'm oddly named because I've been told I'm not a boring person. And so um, my life hasn't been boring, that's for sure. <laughs> um, I don't know if you can hear it, but I'm an Australian. I was born and raised in the beautiful Sydney, like minutes. I think the closest beach to me or things like that is like a 10, 15-minute drive. Um, Bondi Beach, Maroubra Beach, Malabar, La Perouse. I remember being out in Botany Bay with a dinghy with my father and my sister when we would go down there. Um, that's all changed now. But yeah, uh, born and raised in Sydney. Absolutely miss it. I'm a homesick Australian living in America. Um, the oldest two, my parents uh, were born in the northeast of England. I'm actually first generation Australian. Uh, everyone, all my family uh, are from England. So my heritage and lineage is Celtic. And it plays a strong part in what I'm drawn to, fascinated by what I love to learn. And so, yeah, my family was all up there. So um, I met my husband online and we flew to, I flew to the U.S. to meet him and go on a vacation. And I never went home. We were married two months later on Valentine's Day. And you'd think, oh, does that work? Well, 23 years later, we're still married and still going as strong as ever. He's my greatest supporter. He had two little girls that I instantly became a mother to. And now I'm a grandma of a two-year-old little boy. He's perfect. Um, he, I raise him. And uh, it's just amazing. So... Uh, Aside from that, aside from family, I'm a best-selling award-winning author of romance and urban fantasy books. I've been published for about 12 years and have over 26 books to my name. I've always enjoyed being creative. I remember writing my first uh, my first thing. Uh, it was my own version of Cinderella. The class in sixth grade were studying Roald Dahl and fractured or Twisted Fairy Tales. So the teacher asked me to write my own version on Cinderella, and it was published in the school newsletter. I can only remember a, one line. That's it all I can remember. But um, <laughs> I remember not so much writing stories, but I used to daydream to music. And that moved into whenever I was writing, music played a powerful part of a uh, powerful role in whenever I was writing a story. For me, there's an underlying melody that holds the magic and emotion of the story into me. So I would imagine and fantasize stories. And even to this day, when I hear music it that's linked to some of my earliest work, I immediately drop into the characters. So music's always been a big part. Um, and dreams have been a big part of my life. Guides have guided me through things, uh, challenging times. And it was actually a dream that sparked me to become an author. I had this short little dream that I remembered. I was encouraged to write it down. I did. I posted it on my blog. I was a romance blog, uh, blogger back then and people wanted to know more. And that was how the Mystic Wolves was born. And the same with Broken Promises, my second, my, my first urban fantasy. It was born from 
the small part that I remembered in my dream. And so that's where I started like being an author and really thinking, oh, I could do this. I could be creative, give it an outlet. So what about you, Christy? Oh, how fun. Um, well, let's see. My background, I am 50-something <clears throat> years old, divorced with three grown children. Um, they are amazing men now in their 20s. Actually, my oldest, he just turned 30. Um, but they're out living their lives, which is just, that's like one of my best accomplishments there. So probably, no, I'll just say those are my three top accomplishments there. I've been an, a serial entrepreneur. I've started my first business at 22 and my middle child was six weeks old and my oldest was se 17 months. They were very close together. All three of mine um, are less than three years apart from oldest to youngest. And that was just, you know, solving a personal problem that we needed to bring in money. But with two babies, basically, uh, childcare was just out of the question. And so I started working from home. And ever since, I've started several businesses since then. Some are great successes and others we just call lessons. I'm really good at starting businesses and getting them off the ground and then going from there. I wrote my first story when I was eight years old. And it was a magical tale about gnomes. And I, I bounced around a lot. I was a military brat. And I had just moved in with my mom. My parents were divorced as well. And I had just moved in with my mom in the Washington, D.C. area. And all of the schools in both Maryland and Northern Virginia are very, very top-end schools, on the, even the public schools. And so I, I was a little, I don't want to say behind, but I went from being like in the top groups of all the subjects down into like the middle and like even when I think it was math, I was put in like the remedial group and I just had a total meltdown. I was only eight years old, but I had this total like, oh my gosh, I'm not the smartest kid in the class anymore. What happened here? <laughs> and so when I wrote that story, I was the only person in the whole class of all of the groups and everything who got an A plus and that just excited me. I loved writing this story. And then that was just validation, outside validation that maybe I would be good at it. And so I fell in love with writing and I've been writing stories ever since. A lot of um, awful ones throughout my teenage years. And then even when I became practical and when I went to college, I still, I never stopped writing. All, my career, throughout my career, all of the different jobs I've held, the businesses I've done, there's been writing involved in some way. I didn't even write my first fiction book because I did give up fiction um, for a while there. It was my late 30s when I wrote my first fiction book. And I published that 13 years ago. And I now have around, I think, around 30 titles that are just my name, plus a bunch of anthologies and co-authored works. And let's see, besides writing, I love to create in other ways. Like I love to cook. Um, it's being single and empty nester now, and I have nobody to cook for. It's not quite as fun, but I love cooking for other people. I love creating sacred spaces and rituals and ceremonies. If it's not obvious, I love creating new business ventures. <laughs> and I like to play around with other arts and crafts, like making jewelry and crystal or candles. Um I'm one of those who has this kind of big craft supply that I'll get around to someday and just never do. But um, that's just, I love creating in all kinds of different ways. 
I totally just groaned there. <laughs> <laughs> I know you're the same way. The, the big craft supply that you never get around to, I'm big on that. Like go to Dollar Tree, gather all the stuff. But the good thing of having a craft supply is later on you have something to draw from. It's Yeah, it's there. And I think that's just one of the things of being a creative is – um, whatever you create, you have the things there and maybe, you know, you have you go in with good intentions and then you don't follow through, but that's okay because eventually you will and you have it there and that is just part of being a creative. Okay, so that's a little bit about us and our art, the creative part of our life, but what about the magical part? Belinda, how have you brought magic into your life and your art? Well, I've I guess I've always been intrigued by the concept of magic. To me, it's just been that feeling like it used to be where I thought, oh, that's not something that's me. But it's always been there. Like I've been intrigued by crystals. I have so many crystals. It's, it's, I'm right now I'm holding my green fluorite skull. My first one I remember was a snowflake obsidian pendant which I, I st- it, bright as day, I can still remember going down to the markets in Sydney with my parents and picking one out and being told, whatever tingles in your hand is the crystal for you. And I remember how it felt in my hand. And it's funny enough, that's how I choose my crystals now when I'm out and about. If it tingles in my hand, if it heats my hand, it's mine. It's coming with me. <laughs> um, I've always been intrigued by tarot uh, cards and oracle cards. I went through a period of time where it wasn't okay, but it's always been tugging at me. And it was actually Colette Baron Reed. I've been drawn to her and I actually took some of her classes. And now I have a collection of especially Oracle cards. I really love the message that they they share. I love when I, I feel like I need that bit of empowerment or magic in my life. Boom, I draw a card. It sets me in my right direction. To me, that's what magic is. Mm -hmm. Um, I've always felt like I've been guided in my life too. When I look back through my life, there's definitely defining moments where there have been signs, I guess, if you want to call it signs, to help me show I'm on that right path. Um, Butterflies, stags, that's that's a big thing for me right now is I'll put out in the universe and say, oh, I just need a little magic in my life. And then I'll see deer, I'll see elk, and then then all of a sudden, my mood just changes. I've faced a lot of challenges. I think we're all this way. I've faced a lot of challenges since my childhood, ones that have, have molded me. And I say that they've made me walk through the refiner's fire. I've had to walk through quite a few times. And I always told myself that once um, I walked myself out of hell, that I would use my own trauma, my own experiences to help others. I remember wanting to be a motivational speaker to teens, I wanted to let them know that no matter how dark life became, um, even if they couldn't see that proverbial light at the end of the tunnel, that it was there. They just had to get through and, um, I guess, discover their own magic. That's what I had to do. In fact, it, I had that aha moment when I was 40. I was sitting in uh, the high school bleachers of a football high school football game. I remember thinking, wow, life just can't get any better than this. And then I thought, oh, Hang a second. Teenage Belinda all the way back there who didn't believe in herself, didn't believe in magic, who was in darkness. She didn't think this would ever happen. She thought that life would be horrible. Wow, it really does get better. 
it's actually better than you could imagine. I went to school. I have an education. I have a degree in psychology. And I was halfway through working on my chemical dependency degree because I wanted to help people with mental health and drug addiction. I worked in the behavioral health system in a program and also worked with the National Alliance for Mental Health as a peer support person. I really wanted to give my trauma purpose and help others. And that's where I was uh, working as a um, peer support worker and a program coordinator when I had that dream about the mystic wolves. And I switched gears completely then and became a full-time author. And so I started pouring my experiences into my stories. I watched Darcy, who's one of my characters, empower herself and grow into who she was. I guess discover her own magic and to realize she really, like her, the experiences of a life didn't define who she was, actually made her stronger. Um, and I especially did that with my Damaged Souls series with Cooper Hensley. To this day, that man owns my soul. He's a big part of me. He dealt with drug abuse and PTSD, his journey up into forgiveness and overcoming survivor's guilt and suicide because he was a wounded Marine. Um, it was incredibly cathartic and readers have shared that it helped them as well. And so I feel like even though my path kind of veered off, it went this way. I'm still serving that that need inside me. Um, I started taking classes too um, a year or two ago with the Sage Goddess, thanks to Christy, um, with her Crystal Masters and Soul Shift courses, learning how to, because I love crystals, learning how to use crystals to heal, what their benefits are. And it's something that I actually do in the Moonbeam magazine is I, each month I share crystals and herbs, plants, flowers that you can use in your daily life to bring about that magic. I also have taken classes again from Colette Baron Reed. Um, and I'm currently working on getting my first degree in Reiki again. Um, so that's where I am magically. So when Christy asked me to write and become involved in of Starlight and Moonbeams, it felt like a very natural step in my journey. Um, and a reconnection to that desire to help others through their own darkness to transmute that pain um, of my, again, from my own trauma and my own past into something that could be useful and to become a light for others. That's a big thing. I want to be a light for others. You know, I mm -hmm. have stories. I have experience. I have a PhD in life. And so <laughs> I really want to be able to just, if something I've gone through can help you, that's it. So for me, magic and creativity has just... It's been woven through my life, whether I've paid attention to it or not, it's there. And so, yeah, I find I'm the, my happiest self when I'm being creative and when I'm aligned to that magic. So mm. that's about me. What about you, Christy? What about magic in your life? First, I love what you said about uh, being the light, because that's also that's why we are called of starlight and moonbeams. Those are light in the darkness. We're Starlight Tea Podcast. We have Moonbeams Magazine. It's all about being the light. So I love that you said that because the last few years, especially, I think it's become clear that we need more light in our lives. And so about me, I was an only child with a pretty dark childhood that I won't go into now, but because I know it'll probably come out a little bit at a time as we discuss things throughout our podcasting episodes. 
Um, but suffice it to say that it led to chronic depression and some episodes were very crippling and nearly fatal. And I'll just leave it at that for now. But that means I've had a lot of dark nights of the soul. But fortunately, I've always been able to climb out of them. And it I could never really pinpoint what it was. But I realized later I was able to do it by reclaiming my own power. The hopelessness comes from feeling like you don't have power and control over your own life and you just settle into that victim state of mind. And that's where that hopelessness comes in. And so by doing so, I've been able to climb out and each time I gained a little bit more and more power. But one of my worst episodes started about seven and a half years ago. And just through a series of events, it went super dark that year and the following year. And part of that was just uh, becoming an empty nester. My ex uh, moved halfway across the country, and it was just a, a very clear sign that things we were not on the same page anymore. And then just a lot of financial issues and everything that just really spiraled down and my mental capacity spiraled with it. And my writing is my outlet, but when you go that deep, it's really hard to be creative. So even my writing wasn't an outlet at the time. But this was when I also realized that I was tired of living the way everybody else wanted me to live. I was trying to fit my round self into society's square holes. And it wasn't working and I wasn't happy. And I, you know, it was kind of that midlife crisis too, which there's spiritual and astrological meaning behind that, that we'll get into someday. But that just led me into this place where I'm like, okay, I've got to change things. And so I began searching for my truth. Um, you can call it, you know, searching for myself. Who am I? Um, but it's true. And I needed to do that because now I was no longer a mom. I was no longer a wife. I was no longer a homeowner. I, you know, all of these things that I thought identified me were no longer there. And so I had to find who I really was. And in that process, I changed my views on spirituality, especially as I began to learn that so much of what we learned in school and in church, they created all these limiting beliefs I've been taught. But they also made me realize that they were all based on lies, you know, that we weren't given the whole truth. And as I started to uncover it, and these limiting beliefs, they held me back and made me into who was someone I was not. And so that just really infuriated me because, you know, I can look back now and see how that led me down the life path that I went down. And so that's what I wanted to change. And in doing so, I discovered Warrior Goddess Training by Heather Ashamara. And she was my introduction to self-empowerment and how to identify and release those limiting beliefs, how to deepen my connection with divine spirit through all the gifts we've been provided in this physical world, such as herbs and plants and essential oils, crystals, even sounds. It also led me to just learning more about myself, you know, that my true authentic self, not what everybody else wanted me to be. And that led me down the path of astrology and numerology and alchemy and human design and all kinds of things. I also um, researched and uh, learned more about paganism and Wicca. And while neither of those really resonate with me personally as a whole, they did help me discover more about myself and my personal spiritual path. So in this process, I began to rediscover and re reclaim my own inner power 
I wanted to strengthen my intuition so I could be better at protecting myself and my energy and this power and also be a better writer and businesswoman because the the stronger your intuition is and the actually the more you believe and trust your intuition, the better decisions you make. And so that led me into meditation and tarot and oracle cards and deeper into astrology. So all of those just started weaving into my life naturally. And then manifestation, that's always kind of been in the background, actually. And it's really funny because I was thinking about, you know, a lot of us learned about manifestation from The Secret. And that book came out, I think, I want to say the mid to late 90s. But I had actually learned about the whole concept behind it earlier than that, because one of my very first businesses, I was doing transcription and someone had me research and do some work with um, Think and Grow Rich. And now that I'm thinking about it, I can't remember the guy's name. Um, oh, I was just thinking about it this morning, the author of it. But he was very good friends with Dale Carnegie and other very successful businessmen back in the 1930s as 40s is when he wrote this. And that was kind of the underlying, it was the same thing of the secret. But the problem with the secret is it didn't, at least for me, maybe it was just how I interpreted it, didn't really go into the deep parts of and all of the laws of the universe that you really need to understand to manifest and also the hermetic principles, like the secret barely touched the surface of it all. And it kind of ruined the truth behind how it does work for a lot of people. And so now they kind of just laugh, you know, but I think more and more people are starting to come around again, because when you truly understand how it all works, you see that it is real. And so with all of that, there I was, you know, next thing I knew I was practicing magic, but then came 2020. And although I'd already learned so much about healing and made so much progress with it. With everything going on in 2020, I once again felt powerless. And I think a lot of us did. And I think that's what's kind of um, incited so many people making these shifts toward more spirituality, toward understanding what magic really is and how to bring it into life, toward becoming the light for other people and helping spread that because it was such a dark place. And when you feel powerless, you're like, what can I do? And I just, you know, it, this was, this time the powerlessness was more about how could I help others? It wasn't just about me anymore. Now it was about what, you know, how do I make a difference? And so that was the impetus of truly committing to making my spiritual practice a priority. And that included bringing more magic into my life, like a serious practice, um, not just, you know, doing reading tarot cards every now and then or checking, you know, the astrological weather or anything like that. It, it became a very concrete daily practice, daily, weekly, monthly. I mean, I have a very, you know, very specific practice now. And I had a lot more healing to do than I realized. But as I did, I felt that self-empowerment growing. And it wasn't just about self-confidence, but also self-worth and believing that I not only deserve to take up space in the world, but I have a right to. Not only do I deserve to create the life I want, but I have a right to. Not only do I deserve to speak my truth and express my authentic self, but I have a right to. And we all do. And so as I started reclaiming this power, I began to see how everything in my life, my experiences, all that darkness, my various careers, my business, my writing, all had a common thread about empowerment. 
and like you, my characters. It wasn't until recently I realized that every single book and story I've written is about empowerment, is about girls, young women coming into their powers. And I also realized, you know, where I felt my most power, like when I was writing or managing my business. It's just, it's been a common theme threaded throughout my life is rediscovering and reclaiming power. Even my astrological birth chart and my uh, moon is in Scorpio, which is all about transformation. And it's in my 10th house, which is your career and your public life. And so, I mean, that's, it's just what I meant to do is transform, reclaim power and help others find their way. And by doing so, it's sharing and spreading that light and helping each other find our magic, our own inner power and wielding it to lift others up so they can share the same and on and on lighting up and healing the world. So that's why I started a Starlight and Moonbeams and how we ended up here, <laughs> because I know you have a lot of um, that same desire and that same drive and uh, motivation to empower yourself, but also help others find that power and that magic within them. Exactly. We discussed how we have brought magic into our lives, how we are magically creative. But let's define a little bit more what we mean, first of all, by creative. Belinda, you want to give your definition? Okay, yeah, that's a real great question of what does creative mean? Uh, For me, it just means taking what you feel and your ideas, your thoughts, your experience, something from inside you and bringing it out into the world, creating something from nothing. Not only is it creative, but it's magical, like taking something, something that's important to you and bringing it out. I think being creative is an incredible way to express yourself. If you can't find the words to express yourself, you can express yourself in, um, like you were saying about cooking, you can express it through creating a meal, um, cooking and baking. You can express yourself through gardening, even the clothes that, and I especially think of this now with my grandson, of how he can express and be creative through his outfits that he chooses. What do you put together your outfit? It's a way of expressing yourself, of being creative and just showing the world, hey, this is who I am. Like you say, I'm here and I can take up space. Well, this this is my contribution. To me, that's what being creative means. What about you, Christy? Yeah, I agree. I think when we say creatives, we pretty much mean if you're human, you're a creative because you're creating something. Yeah. You are taking something from inside of you and giving it into the world. Like the meals is one example, but your home, you know, creating a space that is comfortable and that gives you joy and gives your family what it needs, you know, and hopefully brings them joy and comfort and peace. You know, that is creating. Um, I love what you said about bringing up the the clothes that you wear, the hairstyle, the jewelry, you know, that is creatively expressing yourself that you take out into the world. And I I just read something not too long ago that I was like, wow, that just really kind of gave me an aha moment 
is when somebody compliments you on something you're wearing, they're complimenting your creative expression. And so when you are looking at other people, yeah, right? So when you're looking at other people, they are expressing themselves. Even if all they're wearing is a black hoodie and leggings, that is an expression of their mood today (laughs) or what they're doing. Um, it, it was something that I try to keep in mind now instead of judging and saying, oh, my God, why is she wearing that? You know what? That's just an expression of herself and, you know, who she is that day. It might not be who she is every day, but at least that day, that's who she is. And so I try to make more of an effort now of complimenting people on what they're wearing and, you know, how they're creatively expressing themselves, their hair especially, because that is a more permanent thing. I think just for a second, the flip side of that too, something that just occurred is when someone compliments you, accept it because they're complimenting, like you said, your creativity. How many of us don't accept those compliments either? And so try and think of it that way is they're not just saying it to say it. They, they generally mean it. And, and embrace that, that knowledge, that empowerment of knowing Hey, yeah, I I did something and it was recognized. And even if they don't, though, don't worry about it because you don't need that outside validation. Yeah. Anyway, that's just one area of being a creative. But also anything you make, even if it's spreadsheets, Excel spreadsheets, if it's writing business documents, a letter at work, you know, all of those are creating something from nothing. And they're an expression of who you are. So that's what we want everybody to understand is when we say creative, we don't necessarily mean the authors, the writers, the painters, you know, the drawers, the musicians, the performers. Yes, they are all creatives. And that is a big part of it and who we believe our audience is just because that's our world. You know, we are authors, we are in the arts in some way or another. And so we're, we just figure a lot of you will be that. But even if you don't feel like you're actually creating right now, doesn't mean that you're not a creative. And that you don't have something to offer. We all have something to offer the world, oh, ourselves. Yes. I think that's what being creative too is, is offering yourself a piece of yourself to the world. Right, right. And that kind of segues into what we mean by magic because – just by doing that, by being a creative, you are magical. I think it was Carl Fagan who said books are proof that humans can do magic because we are creating, especially for, you know, if you're an author or a musician, you are bringing magic into the world when you create those things for other people. And then again, with the meals, you know, that is creating magic, especially when you do it with intent. And so really what we mean by magic is directing energy to a specific purpose with intent. I think that would be like the very basic definition of magic, right? Yeah. Magic to me is, I mean, it's that, but I like to create ceremony and rituals around it. I like to gather the different elements that bring different energies to support what I'm doing. But it really just comes down to setting that intent and directing that energy into it. In organized religion, it's prayer. And it's, you know, bringing in your higher power to 
boost that your own power to create that intention to manifest into this world what you are thinking about, you know, your thoughts and your ideas and your desires. You are the magic, first of all. We want to make that clear. All of the magic is within you. All the crystals and the tools and everything else is just bonus. It's fun. It's pretty. But all of the magic is in you. You have that power. And it's just about discovering and reclaiming that power, like I was saying earlier. I agree. You brought up what I was going to share. For me, magic is knowing that you are the magic. For myself, especially growing up, I gave my power away. I didn't believe in myself, my self-confidence. If you had asked me what I thought magic was, I would have told you, oh, it's Harry Potter. It's, it's other people, other strong, amazing, incredible people doing things to save the world, the heroes. And it was always something outer. And it's only been recently that I realized, hang a second, wait a minute. I'm that magic. Everything I need to succeed, to be happy, to find purpose is within me. I just need to connect to it. I need to connect to my own magic, just the same as I need to connect to my creativity. And that's the same for everyone. You don't have to be anything outside. You can admire people for for how they've done. You can have all the tools, all the crystals, but that magic is within you. And it's just finding your, finding the way to tap into your own source of magic through whatever tools, through ritual, through music, through through whatever it is that helps you connect so that you can express it. For me, I... I've just started uh, meditating and and learning to tap into my chakras, to know that in my solar plexus, in my gut, all this time where I've been saying, oh, my gut says this, my gut says that, it's my solar plexus. My solar plexus chakra is my seat of power. That is my confidence. That is the I am Belinda Boring and who I am matters. I am of worth and I deserve to be here. My voice deserves to be heard. My magic deserves to have an outlet. And so that to me is, it's a powerful way of realizing, you know, I didn't always believe that. I didn't always believe I was creative. And I know that there are others out there that, you know, maybe you were like me, oh, they're talking about someone else. Tune out. They're talking about someone else. I I can't be that. I, I That's not me. No, no, that's especially you. You know, you have so much to offer the world. And then when you tap in, you're like, oh, wow, look at me. I can do this. Life, you stop seeing obstacles. You start seeing opportunities for lessons and opportunities for growth. And how did that happen? Because I realized I'm the magic. Because I re- I realized I don't need to be given it because um, like you, I went to church. I don't need to be given that magic by someone else. No, that magic's in, within me, and I am able to connect to it, connect to my magic, to divine source. And even now, that just lights me up, that realization that I am magic. And so that's that's what we want to help others do, to connect to their own magic through find their own way. Yeah. And it just goes back to um, the the self-empowerment and finding that power within you. And that's just what lights me up about magic and why I love it. And because it's just led me 
to finding and reclaiming my own power. And I, I want to back up for a second here and just kind of briefly explain because we're going to do a future episode specifically about energy. But I'm going back to magic is harnessing and redirecting energy with a specific intent. And so we, we're all made of energy. Everything has energy with it, within it. And I mean, that's really all the universe is made out of is energy. And it does not, it cannot be created and it cannot end. It just gets transferred. And so that's what magic is, is transferring energy. And so, you know, you brought up Harry Potter and, you know, all these fantasy things and we're taught, you know, that's all it is, is fantasy. And no, we're not talking about transfiguration (laughs) in Harry Potter where you can trans, you know, shift into a cat. We're not talking about things that we can take from our books about just creating a portal and what, you know, being able to walk through it into another realm or anything. Mm -mm. But you can create an energetic portal that you, you take yourself energetically to a different place through meditation. You can change things in your life because you have that power. And that's what this is all about is the changes aren't just abracadabra and it's done. You have to do the work. But living this magical life sets you on that path of making those changes that you want and making those transformations in your own life and of yourself. And that power is all you need to discover and reclaim so that you can create that life that you want and that you deserve. And it's it's exciting when you realize that. It's exciting to know that you hold that power, that you hold that energy and right. that your potential has no limit that you can, you can do anything you set your mind to. Like I was just thinking a thought come to mind. How many times do we say, Oh man, is there no magic pill? Is there no magic wand that we can just go beepity boppity boo and everything is better? We have that magic through our intentions, through our actions, through ritual, through whatever we can make those, cha- uh, those changes. We can affect that change not only in our own life, but in the world that we see. And, oh my gosh, that is, to me, that is the most powerful truth that one of the most powerful truths that you can claim for yourself is knowing that you are magic and that you hold that power. It, to me, it's everything. Something that we're striving to do with this podcast and with everything about of starlight and moonbeams is helping you find your own power. And we said it earlier, that's, you know, our whole goal is, you know, helping other women, especially empower themselves, reclaim their power, because there is nothing more beautiful. I'm, I'm, I can see you on video where we're not, you know, recording this video for, listeners, but I can see Belinda on video and just how her face just lit up through all of that. And there's nothing more beautiful than seeing a woman light up when she realizes that own power that she has. And that's how we spread that to other other people and spread that light. And the more we reclaim our power and come into it and take charge of it and step create those light, that life that we want, we are reverberating that energy out to others so that they have that same high frequency vibration that brings them up to you. And so it's definitely a domino effect, a ripple effect. And we hope that our ripples just reach out to as many of you as possible. And we can't wait to take you along the ride and hope you learn some things and 
find that path for yourself to reclaim your own power. Say, hey, Christy, what starbursts are you sharing today? Okay, well, our starbursts are just little uh, shout outs that we're giving to people in our community, people who have helped us. And I want to start with our very first episode by giving, sending out a starburst for Stacey Rourke, who not only encouraged me to do this podcast as a natural branch for the Starlight and Moonbeams brand, but also motiv- motivated me to do it now. It was just one of those things in the back of my mind. And she said, no, let's do this. I will help you. And so I send out so much love to her, to the Once Upon a Podcast Network, which uh, Starlight Tea Podcast is a part of. And Stacey, along with Sandra Share Fisackerly, I hope I'm saying that right, they co-host the Mimesis Podcast, which is also part of the network. And they discuss every week how art and life imitate each other. And they have some really fascinating episodes. And also, Stacey Rourke is a fabulous author, one of our Havenwood Falls authors as well. So go check out her books. How about you, Belinda? Well, our uh, podcast is called Starlight Tea. So it is fitting that my first starburst burst this week is Magic Hour Tea. It's a tea and transformation company. Their whole mission was to connect our world through tea ceremony. So they host full moon, full moon tea circles, monthly wisdom teachings, and subscription box. They have an incredible uh, array of tea. I actually got one that's called the Soulmate one. It's raspberry and chocolate flavored. So delicious. And if you're unsure about what type of tea you want to drink, if you go to their website at clubmagichour.com, you can actually take a quiz. And so they can kind of guide you to what what kind of tea might best interest you and what your needs are for. Like, do you just want to drink it? Are you doing it for a magical reason? Are you doing it for creativity? Is it a health thing? And so I'm excited to try every single one of their teas. So yeah, clubmagichour.com. I just got their teas, my very first shipment, so I'm excited to try it too. So good. I've been following them for a while, but I didn't really become a tea drinker until the last couple of years. So that's it for this week. Thank you so much for joining us for this cuppa. Please come back next Wednesday when we'll be serving the tea on energy and what it has to do with magic and creativity. You can find Starlight Tea on Spotify, Apple, Good Pods, Google, iHeartRadio, Amazon Music, and Player FM. In the meantime, be sure to follow us at Starlight Tea Podcast on Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok. And if you have any questions or a topic suggestion, feel free to DM us or email at hello at starlightteapodcast.com. We hope you'll join us next week. And in the meantime, remember to keep your teacup overflowing so you can serve from the saucer. Now go make some magic. Magic.